You're rolling. We're rolling, okay. Ready to do this, Sean? Welcome to Badass Mofo. Hey, welcome, welcome. This is our first episode um, of Badass Mofo. I am your co-host, David Walker. And I'm Sean I'm Sean Wallow. You're the other co-host. Yes, this I is am. our first. This is our first episode, so we're um, we're figuring it out as we go along. Welcome, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, like we said, this the name of the show is Badass Mofo. I guess we should first um, do. We, should we talk about what a badass mofo is, or exactly who we are? Right? I think like why is anyone even listening to us? So, Sean, why don't you start off with who you are? So, I'm an executive producer here in Hollywood. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of my function day to day is breathing life into projects that David Walker and I are trying to bring together uh, via television or, or, or via movies um, to the big screen. And, uh, and so that's, that's, that's what I do on a day to day basis. And so this uh, podcast is just an extension of David and I having the type of conversations we have around pop culture and politics and, 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 and sort of nerd level uh, uh, culture and religion <laughs> and, and everything else in between. And, uh, and of course, I'm the other co-host, David Walker. You were, for those of you that don't know me, I write uh, comic books. I've worked for Marvel. I've worked for DC. I'm co-creator of a, a comic called Bitterroot over at Image which I do with uh, Chuck Brown, my co-writer, and Sanford Green, the artist. I'm currently doing some work over at uh, DC. And I've, I've also got my own little imprint that I've started up called Solid Comics. And, uh, and, and the thing that Sean and I haven't even mentioned yet is that in addition to us being business partners and, and having this, this little enterprise that we're trying to get up and running is that we're cousins. And uh, it's, it's, nobody ever believes it because, you know, we, we, we don't look alike or anything like that. Not that cousins have to look alike, but um, yep, we grew up together. He's two and a half weeks older than me. And, um, and so really, this is just an extension of what we do, what, probably four or five times a week. Yeah. How often yeah. do we talk? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Maybe even more than that. <laughs> And, uh, and so that's it. This is, uh, we decided that we wanted to do a little podcast in part because, um, well, we, we'll, you'll figure it out as we're talking about it. I guess we should talk about now what exactly what is a badass mofo. Uh, there, there may be, I've been asked that question a lot over the years um, and, and what this show is going to be about since we've, we've branded it with this name. Uh, Sean, what do you, what, what what's, in terms of this show, but in general, in life in general, what's a, what is a badass mofo? You know, I mean, to me, um, and and let's be honest, you know, there there are some people listening to this that are probably very glad that we're bringing back the badass mofo brand. Um, it's it's been a brand you started uh, years and years ago, and and had a following, and at that time it was synonymous with some of the iconic heroes of, of black exploitation. But what I've always loved about it and why we decided to bring it back as the name of this podcast is that really anyone can, can, can be a badass mofo. So while we started with defining badass mofo as a Fred Sanford or Shaft or Cleopatra Jones 
or Foxy or, Brown. Yeah. Or Foxy Brown. Really, if you think about it, anyone can be a badass mofo, whether it's a character, whether it's someone in real life, whether it's a male, female, black, white, uh, transgendered, LGBTQ. Um, I could run off the list right now of people that are sort of on my badass mofo list that I consider badass mofos, and they would be in every one of those categories that we just mentioned. So it just felt like the right name uh, for the podcast because this is going to be, uh, as we said before, about politics, race, you know, geek culture, which is very dear to us. Um, obviously, things that we're involved in comics. But we're also hoping to, to have uh, people on that, that just are from all walks of life that just feel like they fit that, hey, you're a badass mofo, because it's, it's certainly something that everyone has the potential to be. Uh, it's funny, because I was thinking, like, that there are two very distinct examples of badass mofo would be, uh, would be Bruce Lee, would be at the top of the list. And, uh, and I can't remember, is it Greta Thornburg? Is that that... Uh, that girl out of out of um, she's out of Scandinavia somewhere, right? Yeah. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, and and yeah. she's she's been that real uh, strong proponent for climate control. Uh, our, our, is it Thunberg or, or Thunberg? I'm Thunberg. I'm terrible with that. Thunberg, but yeah, but she's like badass. she's badass. She's yeah. like like if I were to assemble a crew of just like people that I would want to walk into a room with, you know, slow mo, like in a movie with maybe some some Ennio Morricone music going on. She she'd be on that posse, definitely her. So that that kind of covers what what a badass mofo is, and 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 this expansion of like Sean said, this is a brand. Um, badass mofo was a zine that I started back in the the nineties uh, in a in a very different era when pop culture was talked about in, in different outlets and different ways. But one of the things that's interesting, and I thought about this, I wanted to cover this as we go into our first episode, was that the, the whole reason I started that zine back in the 90s part of it was because i was at the time producing a documentary film and from a creative standpoint um it just seemed to be taking forever and i didn't have any sort of outlet for my creativity this was back when i was in my 20s and um and sometimes when you're working on a lot of times when you're working on creative projects it's a it's a long haul sort of thing and sometimes you need something that's like an immediate fix you know sometimes you just got to go to the Taco Bell drive-thru on your way home to get dinner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that. <laughs> Did I lose you? Did I lose you with that one? You lost me with Taco Bell, but I, but I hear yeah. you. I know, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, um, we've asked ourselves that question. Why, why, you know, why do this? But, you know, I, I, I honestly think that there's, um, there's a lot to be said for sort of that, that, you know, black nerd culture that's, that's burgeoning, that's still growing. Um, and just quite honestly, you know, the amount of times that we've talked about subjects and, and, and people, you know, sort of become engaged with us and, and, you know, we've even had a couple of times where we're talking about things and then people are joining in and all of a sudden we find ourselves with a group at Comic-Con and, and everyone's sort of <laughs> listening to us wax poetic about who, who knows what. So. Um, so yeah, so you know we're we're just gonna gonna talk about things that we think um, you know matter uh, not only to us but hopefully to, to to the listeners as well, 
and uh, and it's an interactive process. You know, we want to hear from from people and what they care about, and incorporate that in into uh, into badass mofo as well. It's not so much that badass mofo is mine or David's. We kind of feel like we're opening up uh, this world to everybody, and it's it's everybody's and every like I said before, everyone has the potential to be a badass mofo. And it is, it's, it is for everyone. You know, there was, um, when we were kids growing up and we went to, started going to comic conventions, which was a, a very long time ago. Um, and you know, the two of us have been going to San Diego Comic-Con for like 20 something years. Um, but there was a time when you didn't see that many, uh, definitely that many people of color. You didn't see that many women in attendance. Um, there definitely wasn't much representation within the LGBTQ community. And, and if you, there was this feeling of almost being an outsider, you know, and, and, and uh, almost being invisible, I guess. And, and it took a long time, you know, but we've been, we've been at it for so long that we've actually watched it change and become part of that change. And it's, it's, um, you know, nobody should feel that they are not represented in, in not just pop culture, which is just an extension of real life. But, um, but that, that feeling that, that you don't matter, you don't count, that, that no one cares about you, your feelings, your representation, yo, that's just like, a, that, that's a lot of bullshit. And so, um, you know, that's, that's part of the philosophy as I get older with my, um, well, people are, are listening, but they can't see my long gray beard. I look like, um, I remember Prince's bodyguard chick in the 80s. Yeah. Remember him, that big giant guy that used to carry Prince around on his shoulder? Yeah. It looked almost like Master Blaster. That's how I'm feeling with my beard right now. Yeah, you're like a ghetto Gondorf, a regular ghetto. <laughs> so, so hey, one of the things that um, you know, every badass mofo uh, episode, we're we're going to touch on a couple of different subjects and, and sort of what we call sort of riffing on on you know on things. Um, and to start it off, one of the things that we've been talking about a little bit in our personal interactions that we sort of wanted to, to throw out into our public forum, if you will, is uh, the, the alternate reality uh, subject matter that is pervasive in, in, in television and movies um, a lot more than ever, honestly. You know, I, yeah. I you know, we, we since we since we started talking about it, and we're going to bring up a couple of examples. I literally um, just watched uh, uh, Ryan Murphy's uh, Hollywood on Netflix, which is yet another alt reality uh, series dealing with golden age of Hollywood and Hattie McDaniel and and Anna Mae Wong and Rock Hudson, and it sort of it sort of shows you this dream scenario where you know, African-Americans were able to get recognized and overcome the, the prejudice of the time. And anime Wong was be able to, able to be recognized. And Rock Hudson was able to be himself. And, and, um, and we talked about it with Godfather of Harlem. And, and then conversely, we have some of those same um, sort of obstacles or questions uh, in a project that's near and dear to both of us in, in, in Bitterroot. So to sort of start it off, what is your feeling when you have a TV show or a movie that sort of takes uh, poetic license with real life characters and historical situations? 
Well, you know, it's this is such an interesting subject. Um, you know, personally, I don't have a problem with it. The, the problem I think I have is when people mistake any form of entertainment for real life. And, and you know, so you, you take a movie like, say, um, uh, Tarantino's most recent movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or, or Inglorious Bastards, you know, because it was like, I remember with Inglorious Bastards where people were like, yo, man, when, and, and then, you know, when Hitler died, he got killed by them dudes. And I'm like, no, no, that's, that's actually not how Hitler died, right? Um, the same thing with, with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, and, you know, there's a danger I guess as as a creator, as an entertainer, there's this danger of if you fuse uh, fact with fiction, that people will mistake your fiction for fact. But then I guess the question is: Is that your responsibility? Right? Is it your responsibility to um, to say, "Hey, this is this this ain't real"? You know, you mentioned The Godfather of Harlem, which is a show that we've been talking about at length. That debuted on Epics, what like maybe seven, eight months ago, maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, and they have that disclaimer at the beginning where it says, you know, uh, the following show is based on real incidents, but names, people, location, dialogue, and every single thing about it is totally made up. You know, it's like, yet there's still people who think it's true. And um, I mean, as I was watching the show, and we've talked about this, as, as I was watching it, I didn't care. You know, I was like, yo, this is just, this, this show has some dope moments. There's, you know, when... Adam Clayton Powell Jr. and Malcolm X are like kicking it, like you know, it's like a buddy cop movie, and and I'm pretty sure that that didn't go down, but but it was fun, and and I think that there's nothing wrong with um, with playing with reality and creating new mythologies as long as you're being somewhat honest that it's myth and and that you know it's. And therein lies the problem because a lot of people just don't get it. You know, people will watch something like the like Gone with the Wind. You mentioned Hattie McDaniel, right? Right. And that's their image of slavery in in America. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting, right? Because you know, like you have certain like you have uh, uh, bitter root. Now, what's amazing is there's this opportunity for us to shine a light on on some little known um, tragedies in, in, you know, black history, but it's done in, in the context of this world that I think most people know is not real. Like most people know <laughs> that there is not a family of, of monster hunters running around Harlem with steampunk weapons. Um, so it sort of gives you that, that, that license. Um, but I think even that's a gray area, right? Like I was watching Hunters on Amazon, which I, I really enjoyed, but I know that there was quite a few Jewish organizations out there that took issue with the fact that they sort of showed Auschwitz in this really exaggerated, you know, way where they were like playing like human chess with the prisoners and, and killing them if they, you know, were checkmated. And, and the argument is basically that it was horrible enough as it is that there's no need to make it even make the violence even more fantastic. And then even more so because some people believe that the, the, the Holocaust was never happened or that it was not as bad as, as, as stated that this sort of gives fuel to that rumor that, Oh, see, they're making stuff up because yeah, it was never that bad. So I, it's interesting. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I have the 
the right answer for that. And, and conversely, when you look at, at race, because let's just get that in there and out of the way, um, you know, the fact is, you know, Jewish culture, they are a lot more vigilant about making sure that their kids grow up understanding their history and understanding, you know, the history of the Holocaust and what they overcame. Uh, that doesn't always happen in, in our, in our culture. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes there is a worry when you're taking something like Godfather of Harlem, because some people probably are going to believe that yeah. Adam Clayton Powell Jr. and Malcolm X indeed were at the march together in a yeah. hotel. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I, I think about that a lot. And I guess, you know, this also opens up that, that conversation of what it means, I guess, in some levels to be a nerd or a geek and to be really uh, enthralled or enthusiastic by something or enthused by something, I should say. So, um, you know, you and I were the sort of kids, and this is way before the internet, um, if we saw something that we liked, if we, you know, we were regularly buying magazines like Starlog and, and Fangoria and, and doing really deep dives into, you know, the careers of, of filmmakers like George Romero and John Carpenter. And this is in the you know late seventies, early eighties. So like you and I were, were gifted with that, um, that curiosity gene where we want to just do deep dives and learn about stuff. And so even with Godfather of Harlem, like we got, we got on the phone with each other and and it was and it was and it was different than hunters and because with hunters we like we were like oh yeah no you know we know that this is like sort of this exaggerated evil and and that's you know nazis have become this really easy go-to target right for um because they were evil right i'm not trying to diminish what they do what they've done but i think like with with what we call black history which is obviously history period we don't even need to call it black history but um like that's so poorly documented and and not that well covered that I mean there's 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 people who watched Godfather of Harlem who I'm sure never heard of Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Right? right. There's 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 people because you know you and I are old enough when when Spike's uh, movie X came out when his movie about Malcolm X came out there were people who had never heard of Malcolm X before. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, listen, I'm I'm you know, going to be man enough to say it. Um, we're just binging Hollywood. Uh, I did not really know who Anna Mae Wong was. I, I, I think light, lightly I knew of her, but after yeah. it was over, I actually had to look her up and I was like, oh yeah, no, she, she was the Asian movie star at that time who, who was regulated to playing like the dragon lady all the time. And, yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, you, it happens at all levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I mean it happens to me too. And I, and but I, I think that, um, and we could talk about this forever. And, and you know, for anyone who's listening, trust me when I say we have talked about this <laughs> at length. Um, but I, I think a lot of it's just about responsibility of of just letting your audience know. Uh, and this is what we do with Bitter Root. This is why with the comic that I co-write uh, with with Chuck and that Sanford draws. We um, in the back of every issue, we have these these essays that that delve into the true history of you know the Harlem Renaissance and and who people were, just to in my mind to give it some sort of balance, just to contextualize it a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm this this other comic project I'm doing right now, The Hated, is um, you know 
that's like totally made up history, right? It, it starts with the American Civil War and then it diverges into a completely different historical narrative. And, and I think about all the time, are, are people really going to think that John Brown survived Harper's Ferry and, you know, became the boogeyman of, of the Confederacy? And if they do, right. yeah, that, that's well, their problem. Once again, you know, you started off by talking about how the Civil War wasn't really one, you know, and so there yeah. was two separate Americas. And so even though it's a metaphor for the fact that it does certainly does feel like there's two separate Americas right now, um, <laughs> you know, we know that that was not the outcome of the Civil War. So I think yeah. right from the get-go, people sort of know. And then, and then from there, I think, you know, um, I think you're right. I think it, it's incumbent on people who don't know who John Brown is at all to read that comic book get interested and then go find out what really happened, which is what I'm saying happened like with me and Anna Mae Wong. Yeah. I was engaged enough with the show, though I knew that indeed she never won an Oscar and, and spoiler alert, there's a fantasy <laughs> situation where she wins an Oscar. Right? And, and so that made me go, huh, let me look that up because I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. I was like, oh yeah, that never happened. But wow, yeah, she was amazing and, and had an amazing life and an amazing impact on, on a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, you, you're bringing up something else interesting to sort of talk about towards the end here, which is nerd culture in general, right? Because I think that, yeah, you and I sort of are blessed with that, you know, inquisitive gene, that sort of nerd gene. Part of that I feel comes from, there's sort of this inherent gene that all nerds have where we're all at some point feeling a little bit socially awkward. Right. And so we, we invest our time in things that we're able to enjoy and participate in without that social level. Right. Henceforth comic books or video games or being engrossed in, in, in monster movies or science fiction movies or star Wars or anything. And, and I kind of feel like with this pandemic right now, like everyone's getting a taste of, of nerd culture and people are sort of embracing that, that, um, that notion, right? Sort of that notion that you can binge watch a show and then rather than run off somewhere because you don't really have anywhere to run off, you could spend like a half an hour doing a deep dive on who the characters really were. And I'm saying because I see more of my friends doing that during this pandemic. It's like I have a lot of friends that are calling me about video games going like, hey, dude, I bought a PlayStation 4 for the first time. And what are some good games? I was like, yeah, because you're stuck at home. So now it's like the things that people usually <laughs> used to laugh at me about, they're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm playing video games four hours a day because what, you know, like it's a great form of entertainment. So what's your feeling on that? I mean, like, 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 because you and I have talked about that a little bit too, that sort of like, what was your normal that you felt, you know, some of your anxieties that was onto you alone is not the case anymore. Well, yeah, it's definitely not the case. And it's, it, you know, and this goes back further than the pandemic when, um, you know, like when 2000, 2001, when movies like X-Men and, and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out and became these huge blockbusters or going all the way back to Tim Burton's Batman in 89, where we started to see the, these things that we loved embraced by the larger culture right and i know some nerds and some people get really upset about that and they're like no you know this is our world first <laughs> I, i'm not one of those people right um 
But I do think it's interesting because I get, just as you get the, the emails or the calls about video games, I've, I've been getting them since, um, since this pandemic started, like people saying, you know, hey, I, I want to check out Kung Fu movies. What are some good Kung Fu movies? And, and I'm like, you know, okay, well, what's on Netflix? Oh, yo, Shaw Brothers, you know, Five Element Ninjas, 36 Chamber Shaolin, those two right there are on, on Netflix. Those are the only two you need to watch, right? And then, and then we can go beyond that. Um, same thing with you know stuff that's on Amazon or Epics, and and it's interesting because I spent so many years working as a critic professionally, writing about entertainment, that people still reach out to me. You know, people have known me for a long time, and it's and it's hilarious because you know that I'm like behind the times. It's like, yeah, I, I still haven't finished watching Sopranos yet. You know, so you're um, my. But uh, I think that it's, it, it is, I think that there's, um, we're getting a taste of stuff and, 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 and other people are exploring things that they normally wouldn't. And, and I think what's interesting is that there's so many choices out there. There's so many options out there that it, it really does sort of become, um, I'm, I, I become very reliant on like three or four key people who and, and they're not like established film critics or, or media critics. They're people that I know personally who I, I talk to, you know, and it's not just you. They're like, Hey, you got to check out this show. Um, and, and that's it. And, and I, and I feel like, well, maybe we should be helping people navigate those waters because, you know, there's a big difference between watching 36 chamber of Shaolin and then, you know, I'm trying to think of a terrible Kung Fu movie that I could, I could throw out there, but, um, Anything with Bruce Lai, not yeah. Bruce Lai, you know, <laughs> or, or those old uh, Golden Globus Ninja movies with the broken. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? American Ninja is bad? Come on, man! Yeah. Michael Dudikoff, Steve James, not um, not the not 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 the best. No, those are well, we we could be talking about. God, I just remember renting some of those movies, which is a whole other thing, another subject going mm -hmm. to video store and renting you, you, stuff. You remember renting them. I, I remember actually going to the theater to see some of those. Oh, I, I saw some of that stuff in theater. I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit, and we can talk about this in a later episode, all the Chuck Norris movies that I went to see in the theater in the 80s. Um, and, and I did. I saw them. And, and now I, I look back with great shame and disgust. But, you know, hey, it's, it's all part of who we are. Yes, 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 it is. So that's, you know, that this sort of gives you, I guess this gives everyone listening a, an idea of who, of who we are, a little taste of it and what we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to be doing our best to update this show. Um, what, we, what did we decide anyway? Was it once a week or tw once every two weeks? Uh, every two weeks, unless people just love us so much that they want to hear from us more. And then we'll figure out how to, how to do that. Like we said, this is you know, we want this to be our thing as much as it's everyone's thing. So we'll, we'll see. But for right now, every two weeks. Yeah, I think that's good. And, and uh, we're going to have links to all of our social media handles as we begin to build that stuff out. So, you know, I'm just glad we're, we're trying this out. I'm having fun. It's just cool hanging out. I take any excuse I can to hang out with you. So, you know. Yes. Agreed. So, so for everyone listening, thank you for joining us once again. I'm David Walker. I'm Sean Awalo. And you've been listening to Badass Mofo. Thank you. And please stay healthy, stay safe, and just keep, uh, keep on keeping on. Hey.
you go. Nice to have you.